everything good? How's everything going for you today so far? Everything's good. I haven't been out in my yard yet, but I plan to. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. That's my peace place. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. So um, anyway, thank you for uh, just coming right in. Uh, we're just going to get right into it. So um, this is Sean from I'm Dealing With. And Lynn, you are from where? Lynn and Company. Lynn and Company. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Lynn. Well, I am a wife, mother, uh, and a warrior. I will fight for what is right. <laughs> that is true. You are a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I tell you what, you, you talked about uh, your, your wife and uh, a warrior, you will fight for what you feel is right. Uh, what's, what are some of the things that you've had to fight for um, in your everyday life? Wow, some of the things I've had to fight for. I've had to fight for peace. Mm. I've had to fight for food. Mm -hmm. I've had to fight for respect mm -hmm. and I've had to fight for sustainability. Mm. Wow. Talk about that sustainability. What, what does that look like to you? Sustainability is when you are in a place of life where you not only know that your resources will take care of you, um, but you are in a place of life where your relationships are sustainable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get into relationships with people and we refuse to see the bouquet of red flags. Right, right. And uh, that's not sustainable. <laughs> wow. The bouquet of red flags. Um, so it sounds like to me that there's been plenty of times, not just in your life, but also in mine, that we've seen this bouquet of red flags and we've actually gone right through it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and not pushed the brakes. Oh, yeah. Reached out and grabbed this bouquet, you know, saying, oh, well, it's a good bouquet. It doesn't have thorns. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's still red flag. <laughs> Right. And we thought there were roses. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and, and you go to smell it and you're like, hmm, this bouquet doesn't smell good. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't have thorns. It's kind of slick. Mm -hmm. Huh. Do I trust that? Or is that just slick mm. as in knowing how to get out of stuff? Right. Rather than truly commit to working through it. Mm. Yeah, uh, that working through it. <laughs> I think we're going to go right in, segue right into where we need to go, working through it. Talk about uh, you being, you know, Lennon Company. Tell us what Lennon Company is all about, speaking through that, working through it. Lennon Company is uh, a divorce recovery service. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to think the wrong thing. I am not an attorney. Right. What I have personally experienced is, um, you know, they say serial killers, serial wives, serial mm. car purchases. Mm. Well, I'm a ser I was a serial divorcee. Mm. 
I went one, two, three times before I understood the process of working through it. So because of that, and because of training, I went into the field of di divorce recovery mm -hmm. and helping people understand that until you recover, until you heal your heart, when you meet someone, mm -hmm. you are consistently going to argue with your past. Wow. Of a gift that's in front of you as your present. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, man, uh, that is so good because um, so from what I'm hearing, you've, you've gone through divorces uh, three times uh, over your lifetime. So thus far, you know, granted, God forbid, this is it. <laughs> right. Amen. You know? And so what what I am hearing is in your experience going through as well as helping others because i know you've got you've got plenty of stories that you've heard through just your own personal stories as well as those that you have helped go through it get through it uh maybe some are still getting through it right now as we speak um i know you can't talk about those stories but what are some of the things that that you hear not people but that you hear that have uh maybe put them in the place of where they are, whether it was their fault or not. Maybe it might've been that spouse is fault for the divorce or them. I mean, what are you seeing that you're seeing that's becoming very commonplace in where we are now? One of the things I see often, and I was even guilty of it, is I hear people say, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. It wasn't my fault. Absolutely. You're right. You didn't do anything. You chose to turn your head and ignore it. When you mm. saw it, you didn't wow. do anything. You chose not to speak up when those words were too harsh. You're right. You didn't do anything. You chose to pretend that everything was fine when you knew it wasn't. You're right. You didn't do anything. You didn't do a doggone thing to fix it, to stop it, to address it. You didn't do anything. Mm. Wow. So it, it sounds to me that what is happening is a lot of people are saying to themselves, it's not, it's basically, it's not my fault. You know, I, I didn't do anything to cause it. But at the same token, what you're trying to tell them, because you didn't do anything at all, you know, that's why we're where we're at. Right. That is exactly <laughs> why we are here. And in that, um, what can, you know, me being your man, you being a woman on the opposite side of the fence, because men, we can say she's not doing this for us. She's not helping me in this area. Maybe she's not supporting my dream, supporting my effort. What is it on your side of the fence that you're hearing from women that men need to hear? Mm. Men need to hear that their words are powerful, but that their actions are slaps. Mm. You know, you can say to a woman, oh, oh you, you look nice today, mm -hmm. but 
she can ask you how she looks and you never turn your head to look at her, that's mm. a slap. Mm. To her, that's, wow, he doesn't even think I look good enough to look at me. Mm. That's mm. a slap. And you can say to a woman, um, I don't care. But the action behind the I don't care is you're being dismissed. Or you can say, let it go, let it go. Well, she still has things that she wants to say. True. So telling True. her to let it go is like throwing gasoline on the fire and then closing right. the door and walking away. Right. It's going to burn down everything because you're keeping the oxygen on that flame instead of putting it out by saying, talk to me, what's going on? <laughs> Um, what can, what can we as men gain, um, from hearing someone who has gone through, through, uh, you know, multiple hiccups, um, what can we men hear from your knowledge standpoint about how do we avoid men? How do we avoid taking our spouse, our significant other down this road. But then at the same time, what can women do? I, mean, I, know, I know it takes two, you know, I hate to say it. They say, they, they say the term is it takes two to make it, one to break it, <laughs> you know, but the truth of the matter is, you know, we all have to work together in order to make this thing work. So from your standpoint, from the men's side, what can we learn that we need to hear in order to make sure we make it? But what is it that women need to hear as well? I'm going to flip it for a minute and address the men. Amen. I like okay. it. Okay. We are going to take a BMW mm -hmm. 720, fully dressed. I mean, that 720 is dressed boot to boot, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's your woman. That's your wife. Your lady you would not drive that car for two years without putting some oil in it, without checking the tire pressure, without checking the spark plugs, without cleaning the leather. You, there is absolutely no way you would do that. You are going to stay on top of the maintenance of that BMW 720 at all costs, because that's your baby. Mm -hmm. When you pull that thing out the driveway and you put those gloves on, put your hand on that wheel, you want that vehicle to perform. Mm -hmm. The same thing goes with your woman. You gotta check the temperature. You gotta check the oil. You gotta, you gotta polish up those tires. You've got to maintain that relationship. So what is the spark plug? What, 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 what's the spark plug? That's the heart of the woman. And if you let that get corroded, it's going to misfire. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it just is going to misfire. Wow. Wow. Got to do it. it. It's amazing that you use the analogy 
and the comparability using it to a car because that's something that we men identify with <laughs> so much so uh you know there's not too many men who are not car guys and uh, i i like to i would like to think that we as men take the things that we compare our loved one to some of the things that we love most that we hold i mean it might be tools it may be a, a craft your skill whatever that is if you put your loved one in that same place um, let's say if you're a person who likes to work with your hands, your hands become your tool. Would you just allow your hands to just get mangled for no reason whatsoever? Would you stick your hands in places that you shouldn't be sticking them? Um, would you just put anything on, on your hands? Because again, this is how you make your money. And for men to allow their hands just to go and do anything and then their relationships are just like that. Um, if I say I love her today, oh, I, I do. If I don't, oh, well, she just get over it. Um, if um, I give her roses today or miss her birthday or not, or Christmas or not, or just spend spending time with her or not, sometimes I believe that we have a tendency now to just gloss over what's important because we only see it from our side of the fence we only see it from you know what can a person do for me as long as i'm giving them time when when i think i have time available to give it to them they should be fine when in actuality we need to be receiving it uh looking at it from the receiving side of the fence you know even though i know we're two different people you know you the way as much time as you want may not be the same amount of time that i want with our private time and our collective time but it's only until we see it from that other person's perspective then we can really meet those needs and find out where we're doing a good job and and then find out also those other places where we need some help that there's a big gulf between um where we are in success and there's a there's a valley in there and we've got to figure out and it's only in uh dealing with that time where we can actually meet those needs right right and understanding that each person's needs are different exactly you know um my husband and i have a three percent rule we're compatible but we took this we literally took this test and there's three percent that we are just never going to agree on and if you can come to an agreement in your relationship and say okay there's going to be this little bucket that of things and we're just going to toss it in that bucket of three percent and instead of getting frustrated or aggravated, understand that unless it affects health and safety, let it go. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Because it's not worth the discord. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just not. It is not. <laughs> and, and sometimes I believe that in many times in many relationships we make mountains out of molehills some of the things that are not important and not to say that they're completely not important but we all of a sudden make the small thing the main thing and we actually need to keep everything in its perspective according i mean if this is a big item and we need to tackle this this should be first not negating the small things because sometimes letting the small stuff go all the time and never talking about 
or discussing some of those small things can lead you down the road <laughs> to that big thing too. <laughs> so I so I completely understand that. Um, oh man, you know, I, I had some questions I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask it because I know you are uh, the person for the job, Lynn. I tell you, I think you're the person for the job. Um, talk about uh, you, um, some of the areas in your life where you felt that you were alone. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, because we both um, have had those instances. I know me, I can be in a crowd of thousands of people and still feel like I'm alone, you know, feel like that I've got nobody. So talk about that real quick is, is a person dealing with feeling like they're alone from a woman's standpoint? Wow, that's a really good question. You can feel alone, even though you are in, have friends, you have family, you know, my, my personal experience of that has been uh, with my upbringing, you know, there were certain standards that we had to uphold. And because of those standards, I used to look at some of my friends when I was growing up and I'm like, this is a double standard. Why can <laughs> this person, you know, go to the movies, but I can't. Mm -hmm. or, so you learn this skill of self-isolation and that skill, whether it's good or bad, carries over into your adulthood. Mm -hmm. And in being alone, it can be very detrimental. And it's very detrimental because you've taught yourself how to be alone. You've learned how to be comfortable in that. And then when you need help, you don't reach out. Mm. Because you know, you've learned how to keep yourself safe in this bubble of loneliness. True. And for women, especially when you're in a relationship, you can have someone that you sleep next to and still feel very alone because you haven't developed that the depth that's needed in that relationship to feel connected. Mm -hmm. And women feel connected on multiple levels. You know, yes, we feel connected on the physical, we feel connected on the spiritual but there's also a mental connection that needs to be made and maintained. And when you're in relationship, after a while, I believe there's a, uh, there seems to be a parting of ways where what drew you together sometimes will separate you. Mm -hmm. And you're stuck trying to figure out how do I get back to that point of having that person to communicate with and to talk to. So being alone uh, is a struggle and it bleeds over into it does. relationships. It, does. it really does. Now, which takes us down the next thing is sometimes being alone also makes us resentful. So let's talk about resentment. Oh. Being alone does make you resentful because you, huh. if I go back, you know, to, to those, what I call the formative years, go back to that. 
being alone made me resentful because there were places, things I wanted to do that I did not get to do or I didn't feel comfortable in. Um, I didn't feel comfortable relating to my peers because, you know, I grew up in a family dynamic that was very Christian, Christ service centered. So there was a drill sergeant in my ear. No. <laughs> when you walk out that door, you represent me. And we don't do that. Mm -hmm. So that drill sergeant, whether it was intentional or not, sat on my shoulder throughout my entire life. It wasn't until I became an adult that I began to tell the drill sergeant to shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I think all people have a drill sergeant that sits on their shoulder at some point. But that resentment comes from, you, know, you hear that little voice in, in the background saying, oh, you can't get your ears pierced. Or, oh, you, you can't go and hang out with that group. And you do feel a little bit of bitterness and you start to feel some resentment, some anger, and you act out because you're lashing back mm -hmm. because you resent being told that mm. at the time that you're acting out you don't even realize that you're acting out in resentment you're just acting out because you just you just want to get away and you don't even realize you're trying to do it wow wow now what about resentment in relationships outside of our parental and our some of our upbringing what about how some of us both men and women can be resentful um, in our in relationships as well as leaving a relationship and looking for a relationship because again if we're re if we've come from a place where we've been where we are resentful based upon what was or and or what is how do you take that resentfulness or leave that resentfulness in order to even go into whatever that next thing is? How does that work? Mm. Resentment in relationships is tough because there are times when you don't recognize that you're resentful. Um, I'll give you an example. You may have said to you know, your mate, um, I'm gonna take you out to dinner and they take you to dinner. And then on the way, the woman says, can we stop at the store right there? I just wanna go in there really quick. And he says, I'm not feeling going like going to the store. I wanna just go. Instead of talking about it, she just kind of locks down. Okay. Resentment is built in, in you. And then when you get home and he's laughing, talking, and he's like, what's wrong with you? Nothing, nothing. But rather than say, I really need to go to that store and I don't understand why we couldn't. And having that conversation, you got that resentment and then something else happens. 
<laughs> piles on top of that. When all he had to say was, you know, babe, I worked all day. I wanted to treat you to dinner, um, but I'm really tired. I just wanted to come home. She could have accepted that. But his statement was, I'm not feeling that. I don't want to go. So she's like, <laughs> she does something. So when the relationship with the next guy and he says, I'm not feeling that I don't want to go. It's, if she hasn't dealt with it, she thinks, oh, this is the same thing, although it is a totally different person. She's arguing past instead of loving and understanding her present. <laughs> you know, um, I'll share a quick story, and this is from personal experience, not anything that I've seen or anything I've heard, went through, where I was actually on my way somewhere, and it wasn't close by, it was roughly about an hour's drive to get there. And I would say probably about the last 15 or so miles, the last 15 or so miles before arriving at the destination, there was, this, there was a discussion that was had. And this, the discussion was not something that really needed to be discussed as far as trying to go somewhere, have a good time, let's you know, um, sit down, let's relax, let's have a discussion about whatever, you know, some different things. Let's en enjoy company, right? But then you, the other individual, you decided to take uh, what was a molehill, turn it into a mountain, and then all of a sudden you decide not to come off the mountain. <laughs> You know, you want to stay in the, and I've been the type of person to where if, if I want to spend time with you and go somewhere and enjoy each other's time and um, enjoy company, the scenery, whatever that is, then for me, that's not the time to start creating arguments or talking about, that's not the time for that. That's the time to really sit down, enjoy each other's company. And so from at that, at that point in time, when it had gotten there, and I mean, hadn't even gotten out the car yet, arrived at the location, actually didn't even, well, we got to locate, on the way to the location, I was asked, let me out. I mean, <laughs> literally, let, I mean, literally, I was ready to go back where I came from. I was ready just to, you know, um, uh, I just don't even want to go through with trying to enjoy something that now I'm upset about. And now mind you, I'm not talking about, you know, angry and blowing up and all that kind of stuff because I'm not that type of person to just to blow up and act a fool. But I just really want to be able to enjoy the time. But when you're in a different uh, a headspace where you go from oh, I can't wait to be able to enjoy this time, maybe do some shopping, maybe taking some sightseeing, take some pictures, some photo ops and those type of things to where now you're in a different headspace of, why did I even do this in the first place? Mm -hmm. I would say things like that can make a man or woman resentful because you thought 
you were going to do something for a uh, relationship building reason when in actuality it almost turned into a, a tearing down <laughs> situation um have you had to go through anything like that to where you know you make a plan you stick with the plan and as you're either going executing that plan to go through with it or maybe you're at that destination to where you go you know what i could have did this at home i i could i you know, why am I even spending money to be upset? Why am I spending money to be mad at something that was just so minute? How how do you feel about that? I've experienced that. And I think that's something that if we're all, if we are truthful, we all have experienced. Um, you know, you're, you're planning to go to someone's celebration or something and in route, something from the past pops up and the two of you go to 10 <laughs> instead of, you know, just going and enjoying the event. But one skill, because I've been married before multiple times, the one skill that I have developed is to intentionally think, okay, we're going somewhere else. We're going away from our home. And I'm hot. I'm mad as, as, as a firecracker, okay? you know, my, my eyebrow has gone Spock mode. <laughs> but one thing I have learned to intentionally do is to stop and kind of get me together and say, okay, apparently this was brought up because it's something that's irritating. Mm -hmm. All right, we're in a, on our way to someplace. I'm in a safe space. And this anger, frustration is not going to be inside my house. The energy is away from my home. So let's go, let's, all right, let's do it. Let's talk about it. What is the issue? And get it out right then, right there. So that when we get to the destination, it's We're done. Yeah. And when I get back home, anger and frustration, that energy, that tension that you feel, that that tingling sensation that gets in the middle of your chest and be tension mm -hmm. is not there. Right, right. Yeah, sometimes you just got to go on and just take it and deal with it. <laughs> take, take, as they say, take that L, huh? <laughs> take that L and, 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 and say to yourself, okay, if I deal with this now, when we get to where we're going, it's done. And when I, we head home, it's done. Now we might steam the windows up in the car fussing about it, but at least it's gonna be done. Yeah. So we've gone from talking about alone, being resentful. Uh, how many times have you had to deal with the next category, abandonment? Oh, wow. Hmm. I... I can say this out loud because my mother knows I have this issue and my daddy knew I had this issue. So Joseph Henderson Dixon, loved him, was in the army. And when I was three, the army decided that my dad needed to go overseas to Germany. Mm -hmm. And that set the stage for my abandonment issues. Mm. It wasn't because 
my daddy left me on purpose. It wasn't because he didn't want to be with my mom. It was his job. So even as a little child, you know, I have had that issue. So that's set the stage. And then when you, I grew up, you know, I would date someone and they would leave or we would separate. And then in dad's military career, just when you get to know your friends and just when you get to make new acquaintances and start to feel comfortable, you have to move and you have to abandon them. And I don't think that many people understand that even though it's something that it wasn't done intentionally, it wasn't meant to create that feeling, it does. So that's something powerful that men should think about. You know, if if the guy's an over-the-road trucker mm-hmm. and he's got to be out on the road for seven days, don't just get up and go to work and you know you're going to be gone for a whole week. Explain that to your child. Yeah. You may think your child doesn't understand it, but at least if you say, I'm going here and I will be back, that gives them some peace. Um, I went through an abandonment in my marriage. I came home and there was a suitcase and a letter in a manila envelope and dude was just ghost. I don't want to, you know, he said he didn't want to do it anymore. That was tough. That was hard because although I I knew that there were issues, I would have thought that I would have been told um, I'm out, I'm done. But he took the the chicken way out. He buck buck like a bird flew, <laughs> you know. So that was an abandonment issue. So mm. because of that, I still go through from time to time areas in my life where um, if I don't hear from someone in so many hours, it's not that it's their fault. It's my trigger. Mm, right. And I have to recognize it as my trigger. Sometimes so I have to share that. So you're saying it kind of reminds you sometimes of what was. What was, yeah. So what I'm hearing is you sometimes have to deal with, which all of us do, that there are certain things that maybe I'm not going to say we haven't necessarily healed from, but there are triggers that remind us of some things that we might have left or thought we left mm-hmm. in our past that happens to all of a sudden knock at our door in our future or in our present that we actually have to ultimately deal with. Right. It, and it's, it's like a stove and you've gotten burned, you know, You've dealt with the burn, you've healed, you, you've healed the burn. The burn is the scar is not even there anymore. But every time you get close to a stove, you are cautious because that pain from that burn comes back to your memory. And it's not anything that someone has done to you. It's just you know that the stove can burn. Mm. 
Okay, I know we're getting close to running out of time. I want to. I do want to get to this. Just this last point. This last point. After the aloneness, the resentment, and abandonment, and we've dealt with each one of those issues individually, both male and female. How do you then deal with the area of letting go? Hmm. You have to learn how to roar. Talk about it. You have to learn how to roar. The R in that roar means you need to recognize your strengths and work within your strengths. The O in that roar means you have to overcome some obstacles. You take those strengths, you address the obstacles, and you use that to overcome them. Mm -hmm. The A in that roar means that you focus on and achieve your goals. See, you've, you've recognized your strengths. You've overcome these obstacles. Now you're achieving your goals. And once you start achieving those goals, what happens to you? You become confident. Mm -hmm. So you radiate confidence. You learn how to roar. And when you are overcoming this, part of that overcoming process is recognizing, okay, I went through some struggles. I had some hiccups. I fell in some valleys. I slid down some hills, but I am still here. Mm -hmm. You overcame the obstacle, whatever that obstacle may have been. For someone, it may have been drugs. For someone, it may have been cutting themselves. For someone, it may have been um, gambling. Whatever that obstacle was, you overcome it. And you face it each, you know, it's not that it's always going to be gone. Every once in a while, it'll tickle. It'll tickle at the back of that ear and it'll come up, but you keep fighting it. And when you fight that thing and you did it that day, you achieved the goal. You made it through today with your left foot, right foot, you inhaled and you exhaled and you made it through today. And when you make it through today, baby, radiate confidence, mm -hmm. learn how to roll. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The simple fact of just saying learning how to roar, because many of us have a tendency to be very timid, especially in relationships. Um, you have some men that are timid, where the woman's more outspoken and vice versa. And you have some that are both of them are very timid. And then you have some that are both are very, very outspoken. And you've got that battle of who's the biggest lion um but i mm -hmm. i think i do believe letting go or learning how to let go of what was sometimes not necessarily in relationships but some of the relationships of our past through mother father sister brother cousins aunts uncles how we were treated maybe how we were raised because when we don't let go how does that affect our present and our future based upon based upon not letting go of what was. How does that affect us now? That that takes me back to an old African proverb about not letting go. And it's it's called how do you starve a monkey? You give a monkey a gourd. And in that gourd are seeds that it can eat. And he puts his hand inside there, scoops them up and then makes a fist. Well the neck of the gourd is thin. So until he opens his hand, 
he can't get the seeds out. But if he opens his hand, he can pull out some at a time and eat. When we don't let go, when we make a fist and we hold on to all that frustration, all that resentment, we can't receive anything because the fist is balled up tight and closed. Mm -hmm. You gotta open up mm. wow. and be willing to take small pieces at a time. Take those small pieces at a time. And that's how you let go and move on. Mm. Small steps, one foot in front of the other. Now, what do you do when all of a sudden you go from seeing your footsteps to you know you're moving, but you no longer see your footsteps anymore? What does that mean to you? When you no longer see your footsteps anymore, you're being carried. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You are being carried. Yes. That's what that means. So talk about, um, you just spoke about uh, all these different uh, aspects and categories of uh, aloneness and abandonment, uh, resentful, letting go. Um, talk about your podcast that you just released not too long ago called Soar Topics. Uh, and, uh, give us, expound on that. Soar Topics is flipping the script from the negative to the positive. Every time we hear the word sore, we think, ouch, pain, hurt, agony. Well, Soar Topics talks about those things that are tough, that are uncomfortable, that are real. But we I flip the script on the, at the end and give you something positive to take from that and to move forward. You don't have to be stuck stuck on stupid waiting for dumb to come. You can come up and come out. Mm -hmm. Can, you know, I, and I'll give you an example. Um, when we were growing up, we were told, you know, when you first start learning how to write and draw, you just color that paper wherever you feel like, wherever you feel like. But then all of a sudden you're told you have to color inside the lines or your work is not acceptable. And then when you go to school, you're, you're instead of being able to run and play, you're told stand in line, stand in line. And now with what's going on now, we have to stand six feet behind mm -hmm. each other, stand in line. But as an adult, who said you have to color inside the lines anymore? They said it back then, but who are they now? You don't have to listen to that. Take your power and your authority back. If you want to color outside the lines, do so. But live in your freedom. Mm -hmm. We are free. We are no longer bound. We have freedom to do things without such rigid, regimented, hold you by the throat standards. Mm -hmm. Now, some of those things come from our upbringing, but when you know better, you do better. Yes. Give yourself the freedom to enjoy life. Give yourself the freedom to make decisions that some others may be uncomfortable with, but that's your right. Mm -hmm. So color outside the line. 
I love that. I love that. So Lynn, um, where can they find you? Those that are watching, where can they find you? What platforms are you on as far as your podcasting? Where can they find you? On the podcast, they can find me on Spotify, Apple, um, Anchor, a few others. I can't think of the names right now. You can also find me on Instagram. You know, on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, it's Lynn and, spell the and out, company. You can also email me at lbutler at Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, and company.org. Check me out. Especially if you're starting a new business, trying to get some ideas. I have a lot of free, yeah, I said that free, F-R-E-E, resources that you can use to build your business. Mm. Now, if for those of you that will be watching this or are watching this right now, she just gave you all the access to be able to reach her both on uh, via her podcast uh, .com, uh her sword podcast on just about every platform that's out and i'm gonna help you get to some of the other platforms as well um because it's about helping helping each other we grow um as you grow i grow as i grow you grow it's about building each other and then she talked about free stuff with building your business and if that's not helping each other I don't know what is. Um, I'm Sean Bowden, host of the I'm Dealing With broadcast and podcast. And you're talking to and hearing Lynn Butler, who is the owner, operator, and CEO of Lynn and Company. So closing remarks, Lynn. Remember to roar because you're brave, you're bold, and you are brilliant. Awesome. Take care, and we'll see you again. Goodbye for now.